Hello everyone, this episode will mostly be done off the top of my head. I may use the dictionary to assist me if I feel like I want to describe myself in the most wholesome ways that I'm supposed to, appropriately and correctly. So... In the organized crime world, there is this trauma complex, should I say compound trauma complex, that I label sexual revenge. So in the organized crime world, if they feel like you diss them, or you stole from them, or you killed someone they were on good terms with in their minds, or if you somehow made more money than them in terms of a criminal transaction. It could be drug dealing. It could be numbers running. It could be gambling as the quickest examples I can think of. And also, if you had sex with their life partner, They would feel like the best way to go to quote-unquote war is to have sex with your life partner as a way of the organized crime version, sexually speaking, of an eye for an eye and two for a two. Another method, in quotations, the organized crime way of sexual revenge is You slept with my casual sex buddies. I'm going to sleep with your casual sex buddies, your family members, your friends, your colleagues, your associates, your acquaintances, your talk buddies, your your hangout buddies, and your small talk buddies. The biggest form of biggest forms of sexual revenge in the organized crime world is you act like you don't know me you ignore me you throw subliminal shots at me and you smirk at me as if you plotting on me you hating on me you're jealous of me okay I'm gonna sleep with your wife I'm gonna sleep with your girlfriend I'm gonna sleep with your baby mama I'm asleep with your husband, I'm asleep with your boyfriend, I'm asleep with your baby father. Or, I'm asleep with your boss. I'm asleep with your higher ups. Or, I'm asleep with your crime boss, the crime higher ups, and the crime crews. These are things that I've per- that I personally 
unintentionally witnessed in terms of sight and hearing. Um, and people would ask me, was sexual revenge a part of the affairs back in my college days? No. I wasn't trying to have sex with the women to get back at their cheating husbands. Um, I never had sex to try to stick it to somebody. I genuinely felt the um, the compound sexual trauma of my childhood. I was unintentionally delusional. Not to be hard on myself, that's why I said unintentionally. Um, delusional in regards to feeling like I was in a healthy relationship because, you know, we talked about why we were sleeping together, why we were attracted to each other, and it was net, and they never gave revenge as one of their reasons. And I never gave revenge as one of my reasons. So if there was revenge, it was unintentional. Um, because we barely talked about their husbands. And when they talked about it, it was more of... It was more like explaining the custody agreement they had with the kids. You know, because some of their husbands... Um, they had they went to court to figure out who has custody. So usually the women had the most custody, but part-time custody was the weekends. So part-time custody meant the dad had the dads had them on the weekends. And throughout the week during the school days, they stayed at the mom's house, but daddy's house was Saturday and Sundays for the kids to stay the nights in. So during the week, we didn't have as much sex because the kids weren't home. But during the weekends, it was sex fest between me and the mothers of the kids. And I'm not glamorizing. I'm not glorifying. I'm not gloating. I'm not being gleeful about this. I'm just giving you facts about all that build up to that point without being salacious about it, being wholesome about it. Um, and they we they didn't really talk a lot about their husbands. They would express disappointment, like, you know, wish things worked out between us, and, you know, hopefully my kids won't feel like mommy and daddy going to war. You know, because from what I was told by them, they never said to me that, oh, my, their father is poisoning them against me. That I never heard from them or even witnessed myself. Um, they would express the occasion disappointment, but they wouldn't really talk about them. We would spend most of our time talking about each other to each other. Um, because I even, we had an agreement that, look, you know, they're still, he's still the father of your kids. And it's not good for us to badmouth him, especially he's not around because that would be cowardly to do. And 
we have to have decorum because we don't want the kids to feel like this love triangle is causing pain to the kids the most and us the least. So we that was an agreement that we both came up with at the same time because we read each other's minds because our facial expressions and our vibe was like, was like, okay, we have to not make this reality TV. So with the kids, they, um, you know, I was respectful. I never bragged about anything. Whenever I talked with the kids, I never really talked to them about their mother other than, you know, I would say um, when they would ask me, oh, were you nice to my mom today? And I would be like, yes, I was. And that's as far as it would go. I wouldn't elaborate any further. Um, And I remember with the kids, it was... uh, I never bragged about anything. I never was in your face about anything. I was always, when I talked to the kids, I always talked to them about them and nobody else. Because I felt at the time, it's not good to talk to other people about other people if they ain't around. Only talk to people about people to their face when they're around. So moral cowardice wouldn't be an option. So getting back to the organized crime world, were there people who used their kids as pawns to poison parents against other parents and poison kids against parents and poison parents against kids and poison parents and kids against each other? Yes. Were there parent, were in organized crime world, did, were people braggadocious and in your face about their sexual exploits, even if that meant extramarital affairs? Yes, that did happen. And were people in the organized crime world Putting children in grown folks' business, even sexually speaking, yes, that did happen. So, I had to also really learn that another reason why I choose to have sex on rare occasions on camera, off camera too, meaning both is I decided to spend more time most of my time too with just like I'm into character building of children but I'm also into character building of adults. I want to spend most of my time character building with adults, not just character building with the children. I do value character building with children more than adults because children are the least of these between children and adults, but with adults, I want to help build their character. I want to teach adults, um, not just children, um, 
emotional intelligence, emotional self-regulation, um, social skills, communication skills, study skills, soft skills, literary skills, writing skills, reading skills, reading comprehension, uh, mathematics, science, philosophy, um, healthy self-esteem, um, understanding trauma triggers, um, understanding hypervigilance, acute stress reactions, thematic elements, uh, repressed memories, survivor guilt, creative thinking, lateral thinking, critical thinking, um, coping and managing emotions, assertiveness techniques, equanimity, Pausing and reflecting before making a choice. In other words, critical thinking before decision making. I also apply that to all these things towards sex too. And vocational skills, which can be applied to sex when you deeply think about it. So the fact that I want to teach adults life skills, not just children is another reason why I decided to have sex on rare occasions. And to be honest, I want my risk of STD, STI acquisition to be extremely low, so low that it turns into a, oh, Antonio's not gonna catch anything. That doesn't mean arrogance, that doesn't mean haughtiness. It, it doesn't mean feckless recklessness. It means that Antonio barely, hardly ever has sex, so there's nothing for anybody to worry about regarding his sexual health and physical health. Um, I also want to teach adults uh, financial literacy, helping them romantically and helping them to understand intellectual virtues. So those are other reasons why I'll be having sex in short bursts. That also means that most of the time when I feel horniness, I won't be acting it out. So I've learned to appreciate that without frustrating my sex drive. Well, for me, that means that I do my hobbies, so that keeps me from being frustrated and horny at the same time. It's like if I put my energy towards building up other people, then most of my time spent not having sex and not having a whole lot of sex and not being as sexual as I would like to be, it keeps me from falling into depression and anxiety about those things. It keeps me from wallowing in those things from a rage and anger and outrage standpoint. So... I do have a sky high sex drive by nature. Every now and then it's mountain high drive. 
But I've learned that, okay, I can redirect the horniness into, okay, I need to do more kindness for myself, but more importantly, do more kindness for others. I can do more community projects with other people of substance. I can spend more time being parental towards children. I could spend more time um, helping adults to not live a a purposeless life. So horniness is an emotion. It's usually not regarded as emotion, but that's what horniness tells me. Most of the time I help people, I don't feel horny. So I can be kind to myself and others without horniness. And usually that's the case. But there are times when I feel that horniness and I go, I should be doing what's productive and constructive in this moment, which is to do an Instagram live or do a TikTok video or call my loved ones and go see about my loved ones. That way, it keeps me from fixating on eroticism and sensuality so much. So, we all have emotions. We just have to learn how to properly direct them. And um, the times that I do have sex, it will be... You know, here and there, every now and then. So it helps me to have even more reverence for sex, but more fun, more reverence for people, especially, and even reverence for myself. Now, reverence does not mean idolatry. Reverence does not mean idol worship. Reverence means profoundly deep respect. Um, and these are the things that I decided to help myself out so in even the organized crime world and y'all and many people may have heard about this you may have organized crime being attached to some musicians So in the recording studios, sometimes they have Sin City gatherings at these studios, meaning you have sexual services, paid and unpaid being serviced. There's alcohol brands, there's blunts, joints. Usually, some people will use hardcore drugs at these events and sometimes people will use tobacco smoking products at these events and even they may do gambling at these events but when it comes to sexual revenge
sometimes people in the recording studio may have walked in on vaginal sex being conducted, anal sex being conducted, oral sex being conducted. And that could either be extramarital affairs or, you know, y'all not married, but I'm still sexually performing on this person and or people. Because sometimes in these events, two people sex happens and even group sex happens. And both can be paid or unpaid, depending upon what the people want to do in those situations. And then I've noticed that other times, sexual revenge could mean you raped my relative, I'm going to rape your relatives. So some people may have walked in on vaginal rape, anal rape, oral rape. That's technically called honor rape, but there's no honor in rape. Um, It's like an organized crime of honor killings. You kill three of my friends, I kill six of your friends. That's honor killings, but there's no honor in killings. Right, So sometimes when people walk in on these sexual things happening, there may be violent fights, there may be fatal murders, there may be um, swift theft going on. Or other times they walk in and run out or walk in and, and walk out as if nothing happened. Or... They walk out and come back with weapons or their fists. Or they walk out and come back with thugs to jump the person who they want jumped in terms of that situation. Being jumped means a group of people beating up a person. Which does happen sometimes in organized crime. Um, and I really had to think about also in organized crime you do have gangsters and not all gangsters are heterosexual not all gangsters are cisgender and I want to say this for a record there's no link between organized crime and homosexuality There's no link between organized crime and transgenderism. There's no link between organized crime and lesbianism. I just want to say that, but... For example... The gangsters who are on the down low... Were also LGBTQI+. And then you had gangsters who were openly LGBTQI+. And the LGBTQI plus gangsters, it was understood if you make transphobic comments or homophobic comments or lesbophobic comments towards them, they were quick to beat you, quick to kill you, quick to rob you. And that's exactly what happens after a while. 
you had to keep your transphobia, homophobia, lesbophobia to yourself because the LGBT plus gangsters were more feared, more violent, and more murderous, and more thieving than the cis hetero, cisgender heterosexual gangsters. And here's what I want to say. LGBTQ plus people as a whole, we're not criminals. So don't put criminality with gender sexual diversity. One concept is beautiful, gender sexual diversity. The other concept, criminality, is ugly. Ugly, okay? Beginning back to the... The organized crime war regarding sex. There is no such thing as fidelity when it came to unmarried monogamous relationships and married monogamous relationships. Some people go, isn't it oxymoron to say married monogamous? No, because nowadays... You can be married and non-monogamous, so married monogamous gets to the point. So, whoever tried to be faithful sexually to another person, they would get clowned for. For example, some guys would say, Only two cheeks? You gonna ignore the rest of these cheeks out here? Ha 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 ha. They would, guys would ridicule other guys mercilessly for being faithful to their partners. And that's when those guys in those relationships would become cheaters. And women would get clowned too. All these, you know, he got cocks up and down these streets. Just one cock? Huh, 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 huh. Some women would say those things about other women. Even the women who were faithful in the beginning, they became cheaters because of the misogynistic peer pressure. And the women um, glorified that. The men, they who were faithful in the beginning, became cheaters because of the misandrist peer pressure and the men glorified that too so in the organized crime days when the women took over organized crime they were the biggest cheaters originally when the men were reigning organized crime they were the biggest cheaters so the women became the biggest when it came to everything and all things and anything organized crime. It used to be the men 
when they were dominant, but the women snatched the dominance from the men and it be and um that's how all these immeasurable fiascos con- you know occurred and concurred with each other um I did not witness lifelong fidelity at all in the organized crime world. I never knew a couple, whether married or unmarried, that was sexually faithful to each other for very long. They all eventually cheated on each other. Sometimes outside children were born as a result of either the non-monogamy that would be considered promiscuity or non-monogamy that's not exactly promiscuity. You know, you can have, you can cheat with a couple of people or you can cheat with several people, but not exactly promiscuity. And But usually promiscuity was how a lot of babies are born in that world. Um, so paternity suits, Nasty child custody fights and, you know, baby mamas fighting each other, baby daddies fighting each other, baby daddies, baby mamas fighting each other. Whether it was criminal court or civil court or just street behavior, criminalistically speaking, they would just fight. Some ended in funerals. Some ended in hospitals. Some ended in prisons and some ended in psychiatric institutions or psych wards, if you will. That's how their fates, some of their fates ended up. So I'm here to tell you that in that um, particular world of um, It's just not a world where monogamy is honored. Um, Being in that world, to no fault of my own, it showed me that the women ridiculed each other mercilessly for sexual fidelity. And the men ridiculed each other mercilessly for sexual fidelity, too. So everybody was cheating on everybody in that world. Um, So I grew up witnessing unmarried infidelity and married infidelity. I grew up witnessing married infidelity the most. And my mother's brother was a cheater himself. He would pretend to be monogamous to each woman he was with. Then he would cheat on them. Like all this infidelity, I would see up close and personal, sometimes sitting down and sometimes standing up. I'm talking about witnessing all the sex in terms of sight and hearing. And that happened to organized crime world with my mother's brother. All the same things applied And, um, you know, my mom was victimized by adultery herself, you know, marriage annulment because of her, you know, cheap husband. 
and um, so it was tragically inevitable for me to be in affairs Um, and I don't say that with a happy heart I say that with a heavy heart because I grew up in a world where people often didn't get the help they needed for all the traumas trying to um, smite their souls so to speak Um, it it has really uh, dawned on me heavily that if I had all the help I needed all the quality help I need if I came from a healthy family, a healthy home, a healthy neighborhood, healthy adults around me, healthy kids around me, I never would have been anybody's side piece in terms of exclusive monogamous unions. That's how I know in my heart that cheating is unnatural to my character. Um... Mm, I had to breathe that in. So that was the world that I faced growing up. And it was not an easy cosmos, so to speak. Yes, the culture of infidelity is scarred me. And infidelity causes compound sexual trauma, compound romantic trauma, compound physical trauma, compound emotional trauma, compound spiritual trauma, compound intellectual trauma. Compound creative trauma, compound interpersonal trauma, compound conflict trauma, compound crisis trauma, compound aesthetic trauma, um, compound experiential trauma, um, compound unconditional trauma too, and all the other types of compound traumas as well. So... I did this whole episode off the top of my head and thank you for respecting all of what I said.